You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. Pogues brought me here for my superior intelligence, and that's what he's going to get. That's what I brought you here for? Oh, that's what they brought I thought the... it was your like, razor-sharp insight into the 1940s. Well, that, that's why they murdered the Red Skull's whole family and then took him, I guess, because he was I, pre- pretty good at the a, piano, I guess. It was a real question mark why they needed him and why, but, had, why he had to be Italian. We'll get to it. Uh, uh, first, before we dive into covering Captain America 1990, a direct-to-VHS film uh, so good that it's only available on YouTube and no one has taken it down yet. <laughs> it's so good, the studio's like, yeah, whatever, we don't care, because they did not put it up. It's but jo- just some dude. Joining us for this late-night recording is my good friend and friend of the podcast, Michael Hayes. Good evening. I'm Michael Hayes, your host of Not Another Origin Story Nights, the podcast where we discuss the porno parodies of comic book comics. Oh, I watched the wrong movie. Shit. That's actually (laughs) a great idea for a spinoff podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm jealous we hadn't thought of it yet. Ooh, he's kind of right. Uh, you know what? We're scrapping this podcast. Yeah, I said we're going to watch, um, I don't know what, uh, uh, Captain Amer- America. Cuckold America. <laughs> I was gonna say, they didn't even bother to put parodies in their name anymore. They just called them like the Avengers, the did porn you, parody. Mike, did you say Cuckold America or or cu- <laughs> cuckold? Cuckold America. Cucked in America. He comes back frozen and finds that uh, Sharon Carter is sleeping with, I guess, the Red Skull. Let's cut to a clip from <laughs> Cucked in America, 1990. Red Skull, before I defeat you, you're going to fuck my wife. Yes, I will. <laughs> and you don't want me to, though, so this is going to be great. We will destroy America by fucking her hard. Little did you know, that's exactly what I'm into. No! <laughs> Man, that's um quality film. Can't believe I had a $12 million budget. More than the, uh, <laughs> more than the space film. <laughs> also, more of a script, it sounded like. <laughs> Yep. That's a good lead into. Uh, well, we're gonna go ahead and talk about uh, Captain America, the actual Captain America now, not the uh, movie that we're gonna film right after this. Uh, Wait, what? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, right. Mike, you didn't mention you're gonna fuck his wife. <laughs> oh no! This is back. This joke has backfired on me. Yeah, that's um, a good one. <laughs> but but we're talking about Captain America, and if you were pausing to yourself and thinking, well. I've listened to every episode Not Another Origin Story has put out. Uh, A, seek help. B, no, not that Captain America. Not the one with Chris Evans. That, that, oh, the Handsome Gentleman? Yeah, the Handsome Gentleman. Uh, part of the Handsome Gentleman Club. Uh, usually followed by the colon First Avenger. No, this is uh, the 1990 film Captain America. Um, we, that shouldn't uh, have been made. Yeah, which, which in this version, instead of Chris Evans, we get J.D. Salinger's son. Yeah, good old Matt Salinger. Which I finally figured out, for years, people wondered why J.D. Salinger became a recluse. I pieced, I pieced it together by this film. <laughs> he was just like, I can't let anyone know I'm associated. Yeah, uh, so, somehow the, the, the bones of, of, of <laughs> his bones that were reanimated into a lanky man and then named his son was in this God. movie. Uh, has anyone ever looked less heroic for an hour and 40 minutes? Anyone? Has, any, has anybody mm. else been less heroic? <laughs> 90% of this movie is him tricking people out of getting out of their cars so he can steal them. Yeah. By pretending to be road sick. I don't want to jump... 
I don't want to jump on the best joke right out the fucking gate, but just to be clear, <laughs> Captain America twice pulls a car sick. I'm gonna puke j- uh, prank so he can steal people's cars. Hey guys, he's a he's a fighter, not a comedian. Like it was staggering the first time, but when it was repeated, I was stunned. It was such a it bad was, joke, I forgot it happened. Yeah, and I fell for it again. again. I was like, "There's no way he's. This is him actually going to be sick." And I was like, "No, yep. wow, they're going back to the well." I thought he was sick that second time. I thought, "Oh, they're gonna do this a bunch," but then forgot the joke part of it where he goes off it's like oh it's it was so bad there was a part of me that thought that's how the movie was gonna end like him and red skull we're gonna be like he's like now you die he's like hold on i'm gonna be sick and the red skull is like oh all right hold on and then he like runs off (laughs) ah that would have been that would have been a good ending it would have been better than the one we got which was a dummy falling off of a cliff yeah uh, this dummy of dummies they didn't even bother to make its limbs bend that was just matt salinger just yeah Uh, he's so bad at, at, at acting that even his body appeared to just be lifeless as it fell down off a cliff. He was fine, but... Sure. He's so bad that even the two actors they got who can act forgot how to act while they were in this movie. Yeah, who is in this movie? We got we got Ronnie Cox, uh, we've got yes. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Both of whom were in uh, Deliverance, I'm pretty sure. This is weird. Uh, I picked up on this when we were watching it. It has both the mom and the dad... From a Christmas story, yeah, it's and that's this is post Christmas. I mean, that was in like the eighties. They're rolling, they're rolling high on yeah. the, their their fame from a Christmas story. Yeah, they're rolling high on those uh, royalty checks from it being shown on TBS on uh, Christmas. So confusing to see them both in the same movie. That should be like a Hollywood law that we enact, where it's like if you co-star with someone, you can't be in the same movie again. Well, maybe it's you have to. Confusing, yeah. Well, they had such good chemistry in a Christmas story. It's true they did, but I just kept wanting the general to yell bumpus hounds and everything. <laughs> I was oh, looking yeah, in the background just... for a leg. <laughs> he has uh one of the most interesting turns in the movie which is just like he's introduced and then immediately it's in like they cut and the next scene he's like in another country in an evil man's lair and he's like completely evil and you're just like oh oh i didn't see and, that coming at all and, the, and then he's gone for the whole movie until what five minutes until the end and yeah, he shows and up he literally just comes around a corner and then oh oh I, oh that guy He's yeah. also, like, only when he's on, like, TV or talking to the president is he in his uniform. It's like, that's not how the military works. You don't just get to show up for work not in your uniform. You're you're not like a, like, you know, you're, you don't join the chief of staff. You're the head of the government, the military, it appears. So anyway, get... we'll get into the confusing plot of this movie, if you can even call it a plot. Yeah, just to give everyone, like, a better perspective of what we're talking about here is this was a wildly under-budget film that went through a couple of directors it had a bunch of confusing rewrites and rescripts um this was, was this originally out... being developed by canon films yeah canon oh films yeah was like masters of the universe yeah, say, yeah. and superman 4 mm-hmm. and a bunch of other really bad garbage though oh yeah oh, canon yeah, has a lot of bad stuff yeah, they've made two good movies <laughs> They made all of the Death Wishes after the original one. So they yeah, bought successful yeah. film and just keep making them. Oof. Mm. Uh, uh, but yeah, this came out in 1990. So it it is in this weird lull that we've kind of talked about before where Superman and Batman movies came... Well, first Superman movies came out in the 70s and into the 80s and were fucking a hit. Like, everyone saw them. And then they slowly started to... F- like not do as well until the faded Superman four, which was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Then Batman came came around, and that one got a little more like oomph. But 
we were we are well between like the Spider-Man franchise taking off with Tobey Maguire. We're well be- before the super ma- the superhero boom. So it's this weird lull where they just there hasn't been enough examples of how to make a superhero movie yet. So no, directors just go whatever. I'll like glance yeah. at the book. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Say, Marvel's like entries before this were um, the P- TV Punisher. Yeah. It was like the TV Thor movies. and the Incredible Hulk TV movies. Oh, and the Hulk went to, to trial. Yes, the trial of the Incredible Hulk oh, where right. he's represented by Matt Murdock and we get Daredevil who's just a man in a black tank or a turtleneck. I forgot all about mm-hmm. this. That's a movie it's, I really want to see very badly. Yeah. Don't worry, I, we'll be doing it and I, I really feel like <laughs> we should have you back for it. But then like this is the same year that the uh, Dolph Lundgren Punisher came out, which originally he was – uh, I guess in the running to play Captain America, which is about as funny as this, that statement can get, is a man who, like, even today has like a, an extremely thick accent. Yeah, that's like getting Schwarzenegger to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was like like they're like, and that's what they said is they were going to. He was also in the running at one point. I'm like, there's no way that anybody would think that would make sense to cast a non-American as like the symbol of America. Not that I, you know, it would just be insane. Yeah. But, then seeing this movie, fuck it, it couldn't have made it any worse. It could have only made it better. But who knows? Who knew that the director of Cyborg and and Kickboxer Four, the aggressor, was going to give us such a shitty film? Who could have guessed this? Mm, this yeah. Uh, like film catalog sounds like the movies that they made up in Community for Troy and Abed to be obsessed with that like Kickboxer <laughs> or whatever. Like they yeah. don't sell. I was reading his list. I'm like, these could not be real movies. His discography sounds like if you just recorded like what John Jean Claude Van Damme mumbles in his sleep, and like that's what you, and you, you turn those into movie titles, and then that's what like he directed as discography. And so many of them sequels. So like yeah. he didn't even start them. He got brought no. on for the sequel of movies you've never heard of. But but to, uh, but, but to bring us into this movie post because we want I want to dedicate as much sweet canvas of this podcast talking about this fucking movie. Uh, uh, I just wanted to point out that my first note that I have here from when we watched this the other night was just, oh, I guess I have to translate the Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it was Italian. Italian. Yeah. Is yeah. It isn't insane. The movie starts and there's just all these people speaking a foreign language and you're like, are they going to subtitle any of it? And then there's a point later in the movie where two groups of two people are speaking Italian and they're speaking with like very long sentences and the subtitles are going while they're both talking, and it's just one sentence. Yeah, it's not like, nearly enough like, words. Some people came and they took it. But, like, two people are talking for, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm really questioning whether any of the Italian in this movie or the German was actually any words. The best part in the beginning is this movie starts at a, a Italian family's house who has, like, a, what do you call it, like a prodigy, a kid who's playing the piano. And the best part was the Nazis come in and... The one guy just jumps through the window. Why didn't they just come through the door? Like, he enters like he's like in SEAL Team 6. You gotta it's, get just, it. it's just like a family dinner. Who are they trying They're... to break in on? Hans, we told you. It's just family. <laughs> he probably forgot. Like He's like, oh, super soldier. We got to make sure we get the surprise. And he's like, no, 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 not yet. We're no, going, Hans, going to no, be. No, Hans, we are making the super soldier. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, the, the Italian just, boy? It's no? just I'm kidding boy. Nine, oh, nine oh, Hans. Oh. Oh. Why couldn't we find one German? <laughs> You're like in Hitler's Germany. We could have found a volunteer. But yeah, I just want to... had a whole youth program. I, I 
just want to toss it out here for directors that might be listening to our podcast. If you're going to open a movie or have a scene at all in a foreign language that you are not going to translate, it has to be brief. Because we as an audience go, okay, I, I can't, I'm not supposed to know what they're saying. And then suddenly we're into an area where I understand. But this was like long. Like yeah. we went multiple setting changes, scene changes, people talk back and forth. And then at one point there's subtitles and then never for, not for the yes. two, two or three minutes. And then a couple more like the post scribed and then that's it. Yeah. It reminded it, me of uh, Virus. Remember when the movie starts and those Russian people were talking for like a full minute and then all of a sudden they're just like, we're launching the bomb. And that's the <laughs> only thing they subtitled. And you're like, wait, why didn't you subtitle everything they said? Yeah, it's as if the, the – well, I imagine the $10 budget this movie had maybe couldn't quite afford uh, all the words. They're just like, we got 20 words to use on the screen, so let's, let's, let's make them good. It's 10 bucks a, it's 10 bucks a letter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> The, the font they used was just like Arial Black. Like it's just like the most generic. I'm like, ah, oh, you guys couldn't even turn it yellow. It's just like white on like a shiny background. It was very hard to read. But uh, I mean, but, like, w- we were watching this on YouTube, so I actually quickly had to like check the settings and like, can I get subtitles? And then they came up in like the video, and I was like, oh, never mind. And they went away. And I'm like, oh, oh wait a minute, come back. I'm confused. Who's this boy? Uh, and this is one of like the weird changes they made in this movie that does not pay off in any way. Like, there's no reason for him not to be German. There's no reason for him to be Italian. Him being stolen from his parents, like you think it's going to come back at the end and it's going to stop him from apparently detonating the largest atomic bomb in the entire history of the world because it could blow up all of Europe, which is very large. But the, like, there's a line he says, he's like, it's not that big megaton. It'll just blow up all of Eastern Europe. It's like, um, yeah. Eastern yeah. Europe is a mammoth continent. Like, that is a gigantic piece of land. We blew up a city with the atomic bombs. I mean, it's just like insane. But anyways, um, they... they like that doesn't come back. He hears the music and he still is going to kill everyone in Eastern Europe. So you're just like, I don't, but it doesn't make any sense. Cause they never like, why did he be it? Why was he Italian? Why is Steve Rogers from California? Why also, does he have a, like a girlfriend? Do they, do they think to get anyone who's, I don't know, been to Italy to try and do any of the Italian accents? Because they're doing some real like SpaghettiOs Italian accents here. Like, I mean, it's, it's some real chef boy RD, like, action like everyone on screen when they're doing an italian accent is just wildly overdoing it just chewing the scene the scenery uh, that's it yeah. there's only two types of actors in this are people chewing the scenery or people that you're not quite sure whether they're still alive and if they're not just being like puppeted like weekended bernies um but you know so we're given this scene like as post has described as a setup for the red skull supposed to be giving him some sort of basis for a character arc that as we've now learned, never happens. Yeah. Um, but then we're introduced to uh, Steve Rogers on the other side of the of, of the uh, of the continent, and the the link between them two is this um, Italian doctor that escapes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she decides to keep doing the super soldier program despite the fact that she helped them put a party city mask on a boy that <laughs> apparently turned him into a monster. I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make any like why 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 did she run? What was her problem with it? If she's just going to do it more. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't explain it like they do in the first Avenger, which is like he, you know, he was forced by the Germans to do it and then escaped. And he wants to make it right by making by finding a good person. Like, that's the whole point is he doesn't just want to make soldiers. He wants to make somebody who will use what he's going to give them for the good of all people, not just as like a weapon like the Nazis wanted to use it. This movie really glosses over all of that. And also, 
Steve Rogers appears to just be the same size he is before and after the treatment. Like, he doesn't look to be getting any better shape. That I want to talk about, yeah. They don't explain why it turned the one guy into, like, what appeared to be, like, a gusher somebody sat on versus... Yeah. Like, Captain America just looks a little sweaty. Okay, we have to address that. The Red Skull in this movie is a disaster. So just 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 so everyone gets the what's happening on screen since this is an audio medium and you definitely didn't watch this on YouTube, I guarantee it. But the Red Skull does not look like the Red Skull we get in Captain America, the modern version, which is a uh, oh, what's that guy? It's Lord of the Rings Matrix. Hugo uh, Weaving? He, he, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Hugo, Hugo Weaving, who's yeah. got this sort of Prosthetics that makes it look like he's got a skull. Like he doesn't have a nose. It looks like his skin has been pulled tight against the actual skull yes, of his. Exactly. Yeah. It's good. This is more like, what if we just glue some stuff on and then make it all like beat red? This like, looks like, like they they went into the studio and they were like, hey, we need you to make a skull mask. And the guy was like, okay. And he put all the like the plaster on the mask and he was smoothing it out. He's like, all right, now I can start sculpting it. And they're like, that's good enough. And he was like, but it, I didn't do anything. They're like, it's good. Just make a cast of it. We're fine. It can is you, terrible. We need a villain that looks like he blushed so much from embarrassment that his face just exploded. Like, can you do that for us? Yeah. They're <laughs> like, oh, she wants to do something where we at least like pull his nose, like the edge of his nose back a little. So it at least makes his not. No, no. Just make him a, like a very pink man. Like, Don't worry. Allergic reaction. Don't worry. We'll paint him, like, an odd color skin pink for the rest of the movie, and he'll never undo it. See, I I was at first, like, the, the, the original Red Skull makeup when you see him with the red was like, okay, I see, whatever, and fine, I guess. Uh, but the instant that I saw him with uh, just makeup on to, oh. to hide his red face, I instantly wanted to go back to the, the cloudy-eyed, grotesque mask face. No, but here's and the would, thing. Would have much preferred it. He's not wearing makeup. They, they mentioned he has had extensive, extensive reconstructive surgery, oh, and that's they, what he landed on. Is that it's how like bad it was real, in the 90s? It's like a real Mickey Rourke situation. God, we've come we've come a long way in medical uh, technology yeah. then, I guess. But it's yeah. so, it's it's so confusing to do, too. Like, why not just not make his face be red then? I mean, who gives a shit? You're not following the story at all anyways. And it's so confusing because so. it's a classic superhero trope to have a character who's disfigured or – you know, Joker-like, like like the Joker, or, or even like the Red Skull in the Captain America movies, where they wear prosthetics or masks temporarily, and then you have that fun thing where they pull it off and they show you their true selves. Yeah. That's a great bit in every movie. They reversed it. No, they did the yeah, ad. They undid it. Then they put it on its head. Yeah, they they like, really, uh... Yeah, monster in the past, although which, it doesn't really do anything bad. Which means that, that, that when they, that guy came in for makeup every day, they had to be like, all right, your skin looks normal. Now we're just going to make it look all fucked up, and then we're going to paint it and make it look normal again. Yeah, he had yeah. weird prosthetics on his chin that made his face look puffy. Like, I figure whoever played Cat the the Red Skull really was just had to have hated this entire experience. No, I'm, I'm actually reading the Wikipedia right here right now. This is confirmed. The director made this entry, so I know this is official. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, every day they would sting him with bees, apparently. <laughs> Uh, is what happened, and he was highly allergic. So that's that's how they did the makeup. That's pretty cool. It, the makeup, that's believable. That's weird. <laughs> if that was on an IMDb fact, I would believe it. The minute I read it. Ah, shit. Add it in. Um, <laughs> but we get yeah we get so we get the Steve Rogers sequence as 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 Pokes pointed out. It's odd because the Steve Rogers I recall is very like young man, like a like he's yes. like like he's like in like a eight, like seventeen or twenty. Yeah, yeah maybe Not eighteen. He's like barely enough to be in this. He's just barely over the uh, the the threshold to be in the service, mm-hmm. and he's nowhere near physically tough enough. He's sort of he's sort of scrawny, but he's brave and he's got a good heart. That's like the Steve Rogers archetype before he's 
made into uh, Captain America. But in this movie, like, Matt Salinger, again, not like a guy who's established career that you just had to have him. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird choice. He looks like, like, 38. Like, he looks like... Yeah. He looks like the woman he's talking to in the beginning when he's at the house yeah. is his wife, but it's actually supposed to be his mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was I like, didn't no, get that. The way that woman is his mother. And Matt Sounder is not edited. Like, you know how they do the weird Steve Rogers thing? I don't even expect them to do that in this one because it's, you know, technically challenging, but Matt Sounder is tall. Like, he's, like, lanky. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. kind of tall. Six, five, looks like. At first, I was like, oh, good. Well, he looks a little scrawny, though, so this will work. But then that's just how he's going to look for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because the transformation sequence is just them showing you a picture of his calves and then just changing the lighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like when you flex your own calf muscle. So it's like it's not even getting that big. And they just like move a light around in the background. You're like, wow, he's transforming. <laughs> yeah. And the entire time, everyone's just being showered with fucking transformation sparks. That's what's just... And, and like, what's also crazy is he's supposed to have polio. Yeah, he That's he limps a little bit at the beginning. Is that what the like limp he just is? has a club foot at best. Yeah. Like when they show, he's just like running as if he stubbed his toe. <laughs> Wait, is it? Uh, are they pitching that he got better from polio? <laughs> yes, and like they're like he has polio, and then they show him like hobble running like a half a mile. And I'm like, I, look, man. I don't know a lot about polio, but I don't think that's how it works. I think yeah. you're crippled. Well, yeah, I, I, think, that's what happened to FDR. He wasn't in great shape. Yeah, think he of, just didn't try hard. Yeah, think like, about if, that. If that's all the worse it was. It wouldn't have been that like that bad of a disease. That that thinking of that now makes reminds me how remember how he ran to find the whoever his the woman yeah, his girlfriend sure yeah they come to his yeah. party. and but he runs and there's no way his house is across the street from the beach. Oh, uh, yeah. He runs to the beach and then runs home again or something, but he's a fucking cripple. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, and like, it's also like, why does he have a girlfriend? <laughs> I, mean, like, I understand they're doofus. like, we need a tie to it in the past to the future, but I'm like, you could have picked any other tie. It makes no sense that he has a girlfriend, because you're like, like while watching it, you're like, why does he want to leave? But like, also, he, think he's, about- he has a debilitating disease, he has a girlfriend, just stay in California, man. I think you could do something else. Yeah. He does not seem jazzed to join the service. Like he doesn't seem like the like the the gung ho Steve Rogers. But also just think about for that scene. Like the director had to say, Okay, sir, we've properly established that he seems to have a limp of some kind. Uh, through dialogue and he's and Matt's doing a little limp thing, it's great. What's next on the uh, the shoot the shoot list today? Oh, a a, a running montage. Um sir. Sir, hold up. <laughs> it, it is so easy. They could have just cut it out and showed him walking yeah. up. and been like, I guess he drove. Who cares? Yeah, but like showing him running like the whole time, I was like, this is really offensive to people who actually have polio or had polio. I was like, oh, this is a bummer. And it is crazy. Like he becomes Captain America by being, you know, they, they do so, a somewhat of, a, I guess, justice. He's hit by like a light. Which also the the doctor? Did you notice how close she was standing to him? Yeah, yeah, that didn't like, make that's sense. That's really unsafely. Don't do that. Yeah, being bombarded by the same radiation. He yeah, is. it's a light. Like I was like, that's not focused very much. That's getting you. Also, I want to point out that someone here in the audience, uh, one of the generals or whatever, as they're watching this, says uh, something to the to the degree of. Uh, we, well, we can't all be Superman. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, there's no Superman. But <laughs> that's a DC property. <laughs> yeah, also, don't one, say that. Also, at one point in time, the the guy who brings what turns out to be the Nazi spy mispronounces Roosevelt. Yikes. He says he says this will be. He said we can't wait to show him to, to President Roosevelt. 
It's like, that's not how you say his name. Like, nobody on set knows how to pronounce an American well, maybe that's, name. Well, maybe like, that's how they, spy. they got, yeah, they, yeah, that's how they figured out who the spy was. They, they no, were like, it oh. The it was the good guy. It wasn't uh, the oh, oh. Maybe he well, maybe he was a double agent. Yeah. Wait. Wait. This makes so much more sense in the movie. Pogues, you just crack this wide open. Oh, my God. I like this movie now. <laughs> but I do want to establish something uh, that we were sort of touching on there, uh, is, is that there was stuff in this movie that Mike and I discussed during it that felt like it could have worked and then didn't sure. get panned out, uh, out on. The one that I thought was interesting, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong, not all of it was, was good, but was... Um, shortly after this sequence, uh, with the transformation sequence, we, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, we'll, we'll get back to his, um, his first mission that goes tremendously. But, uh, the point I'm getting to is that he, he is seen by a boy, uh, redirecting a missile away from the White House. Uh, and by he, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I meant, uh, a young, yeah, Captain America is seen by a boy as he redirects the missile. Uh, the boy... You know, tells his friend, and the friend sort of like tries to figure out what superhero he saw because this is a secret superhero that no one knows of. That's an interesting angle. And then for them to grow up and to be the president and like a, a high politics, you know, journalist reporter, or whatever, yeah. journalist, is an interesting thing. This was like their Bigfoot. They wanted to go figure out who that guy was. And when he pops up in the newspapers, they're excited about it. I'm like, that's a pretty good fucking hook for a Captain America story. Um, it doesn't pan. They tripped on it. it. Does, but, yeah, they yeah, dropped they it. They actually used it at all. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, fucking, uh, Ned Beatty was, like, the, the reporter kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, I thought he was actually good in it, yeah. and then he's gone. He's cut out of the movie immediately. It's, it's unfortunate. It's such a disaster, because this is actually some pretty interesting, like, plot work that they're doing, and then they foul it immediately, like, halfway through the movie. I'm sorry, well, I, but we, According we, to the IMDb trivia... Ronnie Cox still says this is the best script he'd ever read, and he can't figure out how they screwed it up so bad. And I'm like, Ronnie Cox. I'm like, how good could the script have been? Like, I'm still yeah, seeing geez. most of what you shot. Like, I don't, it really <laughs> made me question Ronnie Cox's ability to choose roles for himself. Uh, but the, after the transformation, Captain America is shot twice, which is a weird thing to throw into a movie. Um, but then they find out that the Nazis have a special missile they're going to shoot at the White House. Yeah, so it's a really send, cool missile. They send Captain America, and he's been... The the Italian doctor, for some reason, made him the Captain America suit and made mm-hmm. it, like, super American, but, like, not at the behest of the government. which was just like, oh, this is how people dress when they go into war, right? In a flag, yeah. basically. I think someone and says... the shield. yeah. Someone says it's like the suit is flame retardant, uh, but she doesn't know much about camouflage. And I'm like, well, she could have asked somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys were there while she was doing it. You paid her. Just yeah. tell her to throw some green in. Yeah. Well, well she dies after the transformation, right? When right. there's the, the spy in there and he shoots – they shoot her and she dies. And I was pointing out to Ben, like, she, she – they – they go on with her plan. They talk in that helicopter. Once they talk about the suit, they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, so it's all her plan. What do we know? And they say, well, it's all it was all in her head. And at that point, I think you would go, well, let's work out what we think the plan is. They just went fucking we have throwing some guys at the wall. that do this, I think, uh, yeah, at the Pentagon. Is, let's, let's sort this it out. Is like, what is insane is they're like, all right, we need you to go in, and we're not going to send anybody else in with you. As near as we can tell, here's the training you have had. You were given a super soldier serum. You punched a Nazi into an exposed electrical box, and then we're in the hospital getting an IV drip. Now you're on a plane. 
Why? Like, he didn't even go to basic training. Well, he no. surely he did paratroop. No experience, no. and they're like, oh. I'm sure he'll get this done himself. You don't think he, he had a lot of uh, physical experience when he was a, a, a crippled boy? Well, it's <laughs> Like, like, wasn't he on the football team or something, at least? It's weird. It's first Avenger. They show him going through basics. You're like, yeah, he at least learned how to be a soldier. Exactly. Like, he knows less about it than I do. That's the thing is, like, when you compare this to the first Avenger, which is the more modern adaptation of this this concept, yeah, you get important shit. A, you get the, the training montage. And B, this sequence that we're describing is supposed to be his, like, fucking badass intro. Like, we think about the comic books. We think about... How the comic books um, like inspired the movie. You get like Captain America jumping out with no parachute and like just slamming into someone with his shield f- first, and then like knocking a tank apart with his fucking like shield, knocking the turret. Off. Like, just some awesome stuff. He parachutes down, like creeps up on the base, and then walks right into a spot- guard spotlight and oh, gets I mean, spotted. I- instantaneously <laughs> he might as well just go hey guys is he walk i mean he is like and he's caught off guard when they start shooting him he's like uh it's like what did you think was gonna happen they well, didn't he, even give him a fucking gun yeah. no no weapon just he, the thing is he knows he's under he doesn't know because he, he's the one who asks he's like when, when do i meet up with the, with my group or whatever and they're like that's when they say oh there's no group you're just going in why Fuck are you telling it. him that now like yeah. he should have should have yeah. learned yeah. that he, he was on a plane right now you're about to jump off of it oh did we tell you you're going to jump off of the plane something you've never even thought you would do ever in your life totally alone no one's around no. all right bye oh, just <laughs> yeah. shove him out the door also, you'll figure dude, it out jumping out of planes back then was not like jumping out of planes now like you had to do it a very specific way or you would be like you i mean mm. you could die instantly <laughs> i mean yeah you basically, like, they didn't even explain how, like, the backup shoot works. <laughs> I wish the, this movie would have been amazing if they actually just the, stuffed him full of just explosives and dropped him onto the base and he just blew up. He was a bomb. It was like, yeah, it would have been more productive. We yeah. got to make up our money somehow. Yeah, it was the just... super soldier thing. I don't know why she picked the polio guy. We'll, put, uh, <laughs> we'll stick nitroglycerin in this boy and toss him off the, the, the plane. It'll be great. There's but this is... This is... <laughs> This is not the exciting like action sequence to draw you into the film. I mean, oh, it drew me in, Ben. It's a bunch of lazy punches. I loved it. It's a couple of that fucking shield sounds like uh like a like a like a trash can lid. It yeah. Is, it is a, it, it 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 does not have a satisfying like like adamantium clang. It, you know, it sounds like it's made out of like like fucking tinfoil. I will say this though, I was surprised that the shield throws looked as good as they did. They don't look great. But I was expecting them to be just, like, a man, like, yeah. very poorly throwing a Frisbee. And then, like, yeah. them having to cut as it just, like, embeds in the ground a foot in front of him. I thought they weren't that there, bad. That's there was the a, one thing I'm going to give the movie. There was a great close-up, I think, during those that sequence, where the, when the when the Frisbee comes – or the Frisbee, the, the shield comes back to him. Because it's a boomerang, I guess. In, yeah. Even in the comics it is, right? Supposedly so, he's supposed yeah. to be able to throw it in a certain way. Yeah, and it but, does something with yeah, that. He, knows how to, he just knows yeah. how to bank it off Yeah. Of yeah. But but there's a close-up shot of him catching it back, and it literally looks like they just reversed him handing it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it's pretty good. But I really like that first sequence. It was bad. Like it was all, yeah. the action was bad, but I like that kind of shit. You know, I'm like, right. oh good, we're gonna have a nice cheesy action movie. So into this, he throws the fr- the, the frisbee, and it knocks over that guard tower, like like the miniature guard tower. Oh and it yeah, looks- like when he- <laughs> he throws it to knock that over. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how fast is he throwing it? It comes yeah. through like a four foot, like a, like a, 
basically like a telephone pole. Yeah. It's just like splinters. I'm like, wow, he should have just thrown it straight at the building and it would have just killed everyone inside. Yeah. That's the point. This is the point of the movie where I was – that's what everything needed to live up to for me. I was into this bad action. Uh, unfortunately, there was not much of that after this. No, this is like really the only fight scene. And, and I want to – I want to paint everyone's mind's eye who's listening about what we're seeing in this movie. It's not just Captain America is sort of doing some of this, like, as, as, as you guys described it, this sort of, like, clumsy but endearing, like, B-movie fight sequence. Matt Salinger is – he never delivers a superhero face or an action hero no. face. Every time you see him, he looks, like, confused that he's here. Mm-hmm. He's, like he, – yeah, he's throwing a shield through, like, a like eight eight – you know, eight inches of, like, fucking wood and, like, tearing down, like, balconies. But he just looks, like, constipated and cranky and confused. He's got a real derp look to him. Yeah, he never Everything gives that... that happens, yeah, he looks like he's, like, huh? Like, every time yeah. something... Mm. And even when he's woken back up and he's fighting later, he still has the same fucking, like, stupid expression. He just never knows what's happening. Do you ever give you that determined, like, like brow furrow where you're, like, he's ready, he's ready to goddamn roll. He's always just, mm. like... Oh, what's this now? <laughs> Maybe that was a choice he made, or or someone made for him. Because he, as we discussed, he's not prepared. He's ill prepared, and he knows it. So maybe. The- Maybe Matt Salinger is like, okay, I gotta play this kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm surprised I can do this. Uh, and no one said, no, that's bad. Don't do that. So I should just be like, well, it would have been fine if he eventually stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so let me get this straight, director. I'm just gonna be like Holden Caulfield, but with like a, a, a an American flag outfit and a shield. No, Matt, for the last time. I'm telling you, you're a superhero. You're brave, and you're excited to be here. So, so, so you mean oh, like yeah. Steve Buscemi's really like character in uh, Usual Suspects? Yeah, I just, I'm kind of like That upset. movie wasn't out by then, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, Steve Buscemi's not in that movie, is it? Wait, is it? No, it's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no, 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 but there's other... Who am I thinking oh, of? Oh, you're though? not referring to Kaiser Sose? No, I was thinking of... What it... oh. Mike, Mike, that's well, not even... Steve that, not in That's that not even a movie. I, I think I think of uh, uh, no. Benicio Del Toro. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I would like it if he had pay, played Fenster and just kept using the F word incoherently. <laughs> so what this movie needed was just like, well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Fast forwarding to the end of this action sequence, we get the, 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 the awesome boss fight finale where the Red Skull... Uh, punches Captain America a bunch and then straps him to a rocket with what appears to be some tinfoil he found in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And this is this. I, first of all, the fight scene between these two is like watching like '80s wrestling, where they just <laughs> yeah. kind of like fake hit each other and they like yeah. overreact mm-hmm. to everything. Like before, mm-hmm. there was moves you could do in wrestling. It's really <laughs> bad. But then what's like insane is so. He straps Captain America to this bomb that they're going to shoot at the White House. And I forget what he says, and Captain America's like, lean in, I'll tell you. And he gets close, and Captain America grabs the Red Skull's arm and, like, isn't going to let go. So they're both going to be shot on this rocket. And the Red Skull, in a panic, pulls out a knife. And whose arm do you think he cuts off? Oh, Captain America's, right? He obviously cuts Captain America's. To be fair, I think they showed him raising the knife to cut his uh, Captain America's arm. And then he jerks it at the last moment because there's definitely oh, a movement. 
Yeah, there's definitely a move. To me, it looked like he, his game plan was always just like, I gotta cut my own arm off. It's gotta be mine. Well, he didn't yeah. do anything else, though. He screamed like a baby for a while. Why didn't he at least try to, like, punch Captain America or something to get free? Yeah, he was already yeah, pretty weak yeah, it's at that not point. like he's, like, it was, like, the second it was taking off. Like, it's another, like, 10 seconds or 15 seconds. It's yeah. like, yeah, just kick him in the nuts real quick or something. But, yeah, for real, let's work out the geography of this, because where do we expect this is happening? Somewhere in Germany, I would no, assume. No, I assume Italy, because the entire Italy, oh, right, Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which so, they must have gotten a tax credit from. We're presumably in Italy, uh, at s- somewhere in the in, in the the geographic region of Italy. Yeah. Um, the rocket takes off from there. Uh, by the way, the rocket takes off about four feet from the Red Skull. Not a good idea, Red Skull. Don't be next to it. Like, yeah, put that stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. but the rocket leaves and then it flies. The next time we see it, it's coming. It's literally coming right in at the White House. Uh, what is your estimation on time uh, for a a, 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 a made-up rocket to fly? Uh, regardless of what you think, it's probably a while, right? It's not like a few minutes. No, right? it's going to be like an, a, a number an of hours, hours yeah. at least. If we're, if we're giving this movie some sort of weird sci-fi well, How fast does the Concorde like, fly? Concorde would go... It's like I think it's like over an hour to get from New York to... Wherever it went, con- yeah. As I mean, a, a, a nuclear missile can make it in like ten minutes, but that's because it like leaves, you know, it like goes up into low orbit. Like, yeah, I mean, it gets that high in the air so that it can move faster. Uh, in this sequence, um, Captain America, at the last moment before it's about to hit the White House, um, he kicks the fin of it, <laughs> and uh, and it suddenly redirects, <laughs> which is wildly confusing to me. Because it must have, like, trajectory computers or something that they must have also updated to include the weight of a Matt Salinger. So, uh, anyway, but yeah, he kicks it and, it and it goes free. And that's insane. We all know it's insane. But also, why hasn't he kicked it for the last four hours or whatever yeah, even, it's been? even if you're like, it's taken 20 minutes. He appears to only do it when he realizes he's in the continental U.S. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I don't have any powers until I'm back in my own country. Uh, that maybe he did need the radiative glow from the United States, like the white. He got close to that White House and is like, oh, yeah, and he's able to, him. yeah. He needed to see that boy, which, by the way, he <laughs> he clarifies later that he rec- remembers seeing that boy. And I'm like, even though he's strapped to the rocket, so he's looking straight up in the air. So yeah, I don't know how he anything. But speaking of Ben's question about geography, knowing where DC is and where Italy is, mm-hmm. the missile would have basically been shot, you know, roughly ish. To the west, he kicks it, which makes it fly up in the air, and then he flies to the North Pole? Question mark, which is to the north. So somehow, not only does he make it go up, it then travels twice the distance, or like over twice the distance it's already traveled to crash into the Antarctic. How much fuel did they put on this fucking rocket? Yeah. Additionally, apparently you've discovered that you can change its direction by kicking it. Keep doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. fly it back to where you were oh, going. Take it down into the ocean this and, and get cold. off of it. Shit. Well, let's uh, let's <laughs> go somewhere else. Do anything. Also, we found out that just being covered in about six inches of snow is enough to put you into suspended animation. But yeah, let's get, let's get to that because we're still, like, we're now at the origin story, which has happened, by the way, quickly, about 14 minutes by my measure. Yeah. Uh, Captain See, unfortunately, it should have been stretched out because there's nothing to fill the remainder. No, there is not. Captain America is frozen as he is in the original, you know, storyline, uh, and he's restored uh, uh, at some point. What, like thirty years in the future? Is that what uh, it was? Well, it's nineteen. It takes place in present day of yeah, the movie. Yeah, so. 40 years. I think so. Thirty-five yeah. years. Right? 
Uh, and he's freed from the ice, and he tries to go back to his old life. That's, that's, that, that classic archetype returns. Uh, but then at that point, it seems the writer said, who oh boy, that's all we had. Well, here's the question <laughs> I had, too. Is the plot appears to be Captain America, they're going to shoot this bomb at the White House, and he stops them. Why didn't they ever build another bomb? It's like 1940 or something, or 1939 or something in the movie, I think. And they so still like, lost they the war. They never built another bomb for for six more years. Nobody figured out because we know they kept making V2 rockets. So it's like it's insane. In the comics, it the thing that he, they're on, it's actually a trap to kill Captain America. They know he'll jump on the bomb and then they're just going to detonate it. So the whole point is, it's always supposed to be just a way to kill Captain America. They know they can't actually hit the White House. So it makes sense they never try again once Captain America's thought to be dead. This movie, it makes no sense why they gave up and why they lost, because they had a super soldier and America didn't. But so at, this, very weird. at this point, the movie enters into a new chapter. And for me, Mike was describing the action sequence in the beginning of the movie to be sort of invigorate him to be mm-hmm. excited about this movie. I'll tell you what really got me jazzed as fuck about this movie. And it Can wasn't I- until just this moment when we meet the greatest henchman yes, in the history of, oh mo- my God. of movies. And that is that is the fashionable Italian hot squad that just oh roams yeah. just roams the globe in helicopters oh in like fucking sharp ass suits and turtlenecks with little they, Uzis. And they have like that like SoCal demeanor where they're just annoyed to, to be wherever they are. They're and just, just like, these, I gotta murder this guy and then go get they him. They could not be no more 90s Euro trash unless they had like just, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> and Every I'm, one I'm, of them is just, dressed like a background character in Miami yeah. Vice. I need to be clear here, they're not all in like suits. Like they're not like a unified no. uniform. No, I'm talking like yellow polos and like, oh yeah, the, and like when you say suits, sundresses, like, you don't mean like, like a Versace suit. Right. You mean like those 80s suits that had like, that you would like curl up, like roll up the sleeves on yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It had shoulder pads, like you were going to try to take off. And they all drove Porsches and mm-hmm. flew in helicopters and looked and super, uh, just super like ambivalent to everything. They like, were. Ugh. They were so cool. The Fashionista Fascists yes, the were fashionista fascists. my... They, okay, so they were my favorite part of the movie, actually. Yeah, they turned out to be my favorite part. Because they show up around this time because they go looking for Captain America in Canada, where he somehow run to from the North Pole. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, the North Pole and then just runs south. Yeah, it's like that's not how that works. Running south from the North Pole does not guarantee you end up in the United States. And when they cut back to him in Canada, he's just like a little bit out of breath. Yeah, yeah, he's been running he through the Arctic like tundra. The, the Bigfoot footage, like he's like, <laughs> yeah. like maybe that's what weird. that is. And 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 uh, uh, the journalist, which is uh, Ned Beatty, uh, Ronnie Cox is the is the president. Yeah, Ned Beatty is is just driving around Canada, thinking he's here somewhere. How big is Canada? <laughs> what appears to be to the North Pole to try to find this man. He plans on it's... driving to like a frozen continent. He's just like, I'll, I'm bound to run into him but somewhere. Both Ned Ned Beatty's journalist character and the fashionista fascist are are just like randomly perusing the Canada's wilds. Yeah, like the Yukon. Yeah, it's literally like Yukon. It's yeah, it's it's the north it's the, 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 the top half of Canada. Yeah. It's it's amazing though. I I would like to mention how the fashionista fascists get brought into this because we meet them laying outside a pool in Italy. <laughs> they get a phone call. Okay. So then they they ju- 
jump into a fucking private jet. They all roll their fly, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> put their Ray-Bans on. Fly to Canada. I don't It's It's... No, I'm that. I'm, right, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the part where they go to assassinate the parents. That's how we meet the rest of them. He said they send the daughters. The daughter and, to, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like her friend to kill in Canada. But still, they got to two helicopters and they're gonna find them in Canada. And, and then they they get dropped off on like mountain bikes and they're wearing matching tracksuits oh, to so ride their cool. mountain bikes. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, they're the fashionista fashion. I love them. They can fucking shoot a gun to save their no. life. Well, they're too busy, you know, making sure they're looking sharp. Yeah, that's their big deal. Oh, my what's, God. I, I just... What's crazy is, 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 like, he meets Ned Beatty, and he gets in the tr- his truck with him, and they're driving, and Ned Beatty's telling him, like, I mean, I, it's just weird. Like, Ned Beatty's, like, trying to film in on all the major events of history since the end of World War II, but it's like, he would have no frame of reference for any of these. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? he... Like, like, he doesn't like, know you that, know who though. John F. Kennedy was? It was like, no, he was a soldier at the time. I mean, he would know who the Kennedys were, probably, because they were somewhat involved in politics in the 40s, but he lived in California, so probably not. But I mean, <laughs> like, it's insane. And then, like, later they show Captain America, he has, like, this reaction when he's watching all this stuff, but it's like, it, it wouldn't matter to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the scene in Austin Powers, where he watches all the stuff uh, that's happening yeah. from, like, the 60s to... And it's like, yeah, it makes sense that he would be upset by, like... Uh, you know, the Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy being killed, Martin Luther King being killed, us landing on the moon, the Berlin Wall. These are all things he experienced, like, while he was alive. He Like, he knew these people and these events, and now he's seen how they all ended. Captain America has no knowledge, because at this point, none of these people have any say in world politics. They're mostly, like, 14 years old. Also, <laughs> what is so he shocking. watching? Did Blockbuster have just a VHS of, like, bummer moments? Like, yeah, it, it, here's the worst parts of the world. Go. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like we we interspersed the Holocaust with the moon landing. Then we yeah. go right back to us shooting Martin Luther King. Then you've got... I don't is know there, what the next uplifting moment is. I can only think of negative I'm moments. I'm sorry, is there a section in Blockbuster for, like, like time travelers or Coma people fish. frozen in ice? Coma that makes fish. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just... Yeah. They just splice together random news moments from last. I'd like to check out. Um, <laughs> I got nothing shit. Do you have bummer moments from the sixties? Uh, I just I missed a couple years. I need, I need Do to you get have, like, a sizzle reel of all the assassinations that have happened because I'd really like to catch up on my uh, political murders. Yeah, give me give me the Holocaust to now, and then also <laughs> what's this new Batman movie? Let's check that yeah, out. Let's check that yeah. out. Yeah, do you have something you can cut down the last forty years of cinema into about a thirty minute digestible track? That'd be great. Um. um I think it's around this time. Uh, there's a bunch of. Uh, look, I'll just be honest here. I, I, there's, there's some parts of this movie I don't want to retread, and that's like any moments where he's trying to like rekindle his romance with his now old uh, girlfriend. Ugh. It's just super boring. Uh, they do. They do the my number one fucking Hollywood crime. Do not put prost- old person prosthetics on a young actor or actress. It does not work. It has never worked. It is wildly distracting. Just. Just cast anyone, literally anyone. If I see an old person on it, it's like, it's me, Celine. I'm like, oh, yeah, Celine, I remember her. Like, that's fine. I'm on board. You don't need to get the original actress and, like, drape her in, like, the same. She had especially a woman who was on screen for 14 to 15 seconds. Exactly. Like, I remember her. Like, I get get if you've been in a movie with Reese Witherspoon for fucking an hour and a half, and then the last scene is going to be her old, yeah, fine, make her old. with That's fine. fine. Lots of that, yeah. But but when she's been on for 2.17 seconds on the screen before, who cares? 
never fucking knew to be gay. It's not like yeah. it was even like it was we we the spoon like as a young. It's not like it was a famous actress from the nineties. It's just some random person they probably paid fifty bucks to. I guess that might like, be oh, a little out of budget. Actress. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> but the 90s, they didn't at, try to get away without paying segment. <laughs> at this point in the film, uh, one thing I did want to cover is the the tone takes a fucking left ass turn because we suddenly get this like montage. Set to oh. uh, no, 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 I gotta give Mike absolute credit for this because it sounds like a like oh. a, a dollar <laughs> store Bruce Springsteen would be a a, a, a a good description of his character. Mike, because this this audio this this whoever this performer is comes back a couple times. Mike referred to them as loose Springsteen. <laughs> it's kind of Bruce Springsteen. It's, 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 like, a loose, loose Springsteen. it's like a loose Springsteen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like they were like, we want to make like a song about America, and they're like, what's a good one? They were like, that costs. Twenty-seven dollars. That's Ooh. what we've got. Oh, um, How about uh, "Memories of You, Girl" by Lou Springsteen? Yeah. My uncle does this thing, but My this movie weird biker rallies. This movie did not have any noticeable music. It had just the normal, like you know, soundtrack or yeah. or whatever. And this sudden, like, like, like audio montage is the strangest like curveball I have seen in one of these movies yeah. in some time. It, it was like they were like, oh, remember the Incredible Hulk TV show when the sad stuff? Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like very noticeable lyrics to like, yeah, like, yeah. like this like rock anthem and you're like, oh, what yeah, is this doing in here? Things on how I remember it. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, wow, this song could not be more like appropriate for what's happening unless he was like, I was frozen in the ice. Um, but this is also there's also the scene where did you notice he's like riding in the back of a, a semi truck to get back to the United yeah. States in a, Mols- a and, Molson ice truck? Yeah, and it's so prominent. I'm like, do you think Molson paid for this? Or do you think they saw it and they're like, God damn it! Now people are gonna <laughs> think we're associated with this movie. Um, another another uh, concept I wanted to touch on before we go past it to get to this fantastic finale eventually, but that is that um, there's a secret government base that is revealed to us at some point when we were first oh, seeing, yeah, yeah. Uh, we kind of blew past it in the beginning but when the where captain america is originally created uh, or transformed and it's in an old drive-in that seems to be in the middle of nowhere and the point being that there would just be like a, a fake waitress and like a fake person fake eating at the diner by the way excellent gig you're a government employee oh, yeah. whose job is to just sip coffee and have like a pancakes for like nine to ten hours it, a day it's like a breakfast ren fair what do you yeah yeah exactly you just pretend to have breakfast for like a full fucking day sure i'm down just have regular breakfast and that also means that someone's job is just to just make pancakes for the government <laughs> um but anyway they 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 go through this stupid diner which is the worst just put a fucking hatch in anywhere like it is <laughs> i'm sorry i'm getting mad <laughs> it um, seemed like a weird thing they needed to hide for no reason but the best part is when he comes back he returns to this drive-in because he wants to get back to this laboratory which i guess the government just said yeah we'll just leave it here that's fine oh yeah appears to have just closed it up like, yeah didn't even bother to remove Shuttered it, it. But the best he, part not even is, like to pull out the copper wire or anything yeah. the drive-in is hopping like it's just oh it's, it's bustling which, which only leads to a couple of scenarios. The government sold it, and the neighborhood changed, and now what was like a remote area where nobody would ever come except like occasional trucker now was like a hit restaurant. Yeah. Or the people <laughs> who were working for the government, like their job assignment was over now when Captain America got killed, quote unquote, and they probably were just like, you know what? I know I, I trained for years in the CIA, but I kind of 
just like making shitty diner steak. Hey, Fred, we're packing up. We're, we're done. We're done here, Fred. Let's this, go. This is my life now. No, Fred, you don't have to cook no. burgers anymore. Me and Dale, oh. <laughs> the guy who drinks coffee. You're going to stay? We're going to stay. Oh, and that's what that. happens when you send people deep cover, you know? we got to turn yeah. this business around. And guess what? Guys, they did. They did. You know they what? Did they did. Turn it For some reason, built uh, like the restrooms a foot away from the coat room and didn't bother to tear down the coat room, which I thought was like, there's just like, they just put a wall in front of the coat room. Yeah, yeah it was, that's, bizarre. they're like, well, there's these hooks on it. We can't deal with these hooks. Oh, so, I'll just build a new wall. Yeah, a screwdriver to pull those down. I just Does had... anyone remember what he got at the laboratory when he went back? I forget. He's supposed to get that woman's journal. Oh yeah, the and diary, also yeah. also a scene where he has, uh, one of like three fight scenes where he never has his shield with him. But he's constantly picking up things and trying to use them like a shield, which just made you wonder why the director wasn't just like, yeah, he carries the shield with him everywhere. Yeah. He's but, super strong and fast and agile. Like, just fight some guys, Matt. Fuck. <laughs> it's also crazy because that fight scene, it was like they came in and he was like, we forgot to bring the lighting kit, so we can't light this scene at all. It's like pitch black. You have no idea what's happening. You can't tell which person is Captain America and which one's one of the, what was it, Phoenicia... <laughs> Fascist, whatever. Oh, the, uh, fa- oh, the fashionista fascists. Well, they, they did they did bring in. I'm looking at the Wikipedia here again. And this is also put in by the director. Oh, yeah. uh, They said that the, 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 the producers of the film actually brought in the director for uh, <laughs> Ralph Lauren commercials, and so uh, so that's who shot that fight scene. Actually, it's a special guest director. It is it is terrible. It's so bad. And it, that's when I was like, oh no, we're not gonna that that first one that it was just like absurd and and goofy was like a fluke. The rest of these are just going to be really poorly done fight scenes. Yeah. And they they live up to being very but poor. I need to be wildly clear here. This is a movie in which the main villain is a Nazi and also a member mm-hmm. of a Hydra. Literally two of the greatest enemy groups to put in your movie. None of neither of those groups makes a presence. There is no Hydra. There is no. He's not even technically a Nazi. The war's over, so there's no, you know, actual I mean, Nazis. But there could be like, yeah, there could be like an underground Nazi group that he's resurfacing. None of that. No, it's just hot young summer Italians who don't seem to have anything better to do. Ciao, I'll kill you. According to them, the Kennedy assassination, mm-hmm, the Martin mm-hmm. Luther King assassination, and the Bobby Kennedy assassination. So yeah. in the 60s, they did a lot, and then they just never did anything again. They can't name it. I'm like, you couldn't pick one other fucking event from history to say you were behind? You were just like, well, those are the only three assassinations people know about. And yeah. it was like – but like, what doesn't make sense is the plot of this film is the president of the United States is going to sign a law which I guess just outlaws the production of plastic, which seems like <laughs> – like maybe you don't. You don't <laughs> oh start right! There. I forgot this was an environmental movie. I uh, completely for, forgot. It was. It's an environmental movie for a one line of dialogue, and that is it. And he gives this speech, and basically he's like, "All right, we're gonna no longer make plastic, uh, household cleaners, and pesticides." And I'm like, "Wow, dude!" I'm like, "It's commendable. You want to save the environment, but..." Maybe not just shut down three large industries all at once. I think what happened was they were about like they're about ten minutes into this movie, right? And they filmed that sequence with him being like, "No more plastics or this or that." And um, the director came in and is like, "Sir, I think it's been a mistake. Um, this is not a Captain Planet. Movie. <laughs> it's a Captain America." Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> and we already filmed it. Ronnie Cox won't let us cut it out. He's very environmentally conscious. No, but what's weird, though, is – 
so their plan is they're going to implant a chip in the president so they can make him say whatever he want, whatever they want him to say. But it's like, okay, his he was for the environment. Why did you kill Robert Kennedy and Jack, and John F. Kennedy? Like, they they didn't bring up the no, environment. No, <laughs> so no. Like, are you guys anti-environment or just anti-U.S. presidents? Like, it's think- very unclear as to what this evil organization. Because, like, I was like, what's your end game by making him not do this? Like, what do you get out of it? I think they were mostly anti-writing a good script. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great because the plot is, is like Superman level. It makes no sense. It, it's yeah. just like, I don't understand. What did the bad guys get out of this? Yeah, they're just like, yeah, we, 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 we drive Porsches, we drink sangria, and we kill presidents. Yeah. I, I, and, and what they, <laughs> their plan appears to be to just have him put the chip in. And then show up the conference and be like, I'm not going to do that environmental thing. <laughs> They're going to all this effort, so he's just like, eh. I'm going to make I'm going to make more plastic. Like, <laughs> okay, Mr. President, that's weird. <laughs> like, this guy's got some real problems. Also, he for some reason uh, has a fake uh, Italian accent now, and he's driving a Porsche. Yeah, <laughs> anyone notice that? Uh, look at that suit. <laughs> it's a good suit, though. <laughs> I mean, he's looking good, guys. He's got you know how many pairs of Ray Bans he has. It's so many. And also, the White House has a nice pool. <laughs> Um, and at some point, we are introduced to, uh, as all good sidekicks are introduced, uh, a new a new sidekick is thrown into the mix about through four fists through the movie. <laughs> there's the she's she's thrown in by being like, oh, I'm the daughter of the woman you used to love. My parents are murdered. Let me go to Italy with you. Like I'm like, wait, why is she get, like? There's no and for some reason he's staying with her to watch his sizzle reel of natural disasters, but it's like. Why are they a couple at all? Like, and it, she just goes to Italy with him? It's Her so, father's in the hospital possibly ready to die. Yeah. It's so weird because it's like, look, at on paper, it's like, well, they're the same age now, sort of, right, supposedly. They don't look it, but supposedly in the fiction, they are the same age about. And so, like, oh, and then she's the daughter of the woman he loves, so maybe she's got some sort of, you know... Like you think personality-wise, maybe they're going to be great, but it's still creepy and gross. It doesn't matter if it if it technically it doesn't matter. It's gross. Well, I mean, they do that in the new Captain America, and it's weird. Uh, but like, what's I, what's just so weird about it though is it's like there's no setup to them having any relationship, and she just leaves her father, who's like in critical care in a hospital, to go yeah. with him to Italy, and then delivers one of the weirdest lines in which she says. I know a little Italian because I spent a summer in Venice, and but she speaks completely fluent Italian. She's very she's good She's lived at it. in Italy her entire life. This whole sequence just shoots like a really clumsy Bond movie where it's like they're driving around, they're sort of dressed inconspicuously. He's not in his outfit, you know. They're driving around like in like a tiny, tiny Italian car, and he, she's like. His uh, sidekick, and she's capable, and he's like the fighter. It's very much like a Bond movie, except the Bond character just doesn't want to be there, and he just looks—he just looks like he's jet lagged. Yeah, the Bond girl, just like constantly trying to come up with ways. He, he runs pulls away from her. He pulls this car sick, car sick move, the classic <laughs> yeah. Captain America bit. I mean, that is from the comics, so that's. I I I, I gotta get. I, I say this every time we do an episode, and I rarely do, but I gotta get a gif of him when he's out in like the Yukon, and oh. he just gets out of the car and leads and leads Ned Beatty away from the car, uh, and then just runs back and steals him. 
He also has like it is like the most suspicious look on his face as he's like pretending to be sick and he's like cr- like craning his head back to look. It's like anybody walking up on him would be like, oh, he's gonna stab me. Yeah, like, he was planning on murdering me out here. I need to immediately get back into my uh, my truck here and just drive off. So. This brings us to the finale of this film, which takes place in an old Italian castle that they got the rights to shoot in for maybe about four hours. So they just kind of got everything in there as fast as they could. Uh, In fact, it appears as though they're living in this castle. Yeah. But this castle is clearly like, you know, like a historical site where there's nothing inside of it anymore. There's not even like a fucking tapestry. It's just like a ruin. And they were just like, well, we can't tear it down. There's no working toilets in there. There's no, no. Yeah, there's not even like a table. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know, at one point they go into a room and it has no roof. I'm like, who would put a table in a room with no roof? But there is. Look down and be like, let me get some work done. There is one piece of furniture. There is a piece of furniture, which is a piano on the roof, on, which which is on top of like the uh, the battlements, as if like where they would put cannons to protect a bay. Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder, like, yeah. are we are we are we going to see like a cool dialogue scene here that will eventually lead us to the great finale somewhere else? No, the finale of this film takes place in about ten feet of space in front of the piano <laughs> and takes an hour. <laughs> yeah, it appears to be. I need you guys to tell me if I'm wrong here. The Red Skull, thinking that he's beat, instead of just trying to escape because it feels like he could just run away at any point. It's a yeah. very big castle. There's like 19 Mercedes, like Porsches out front. Just grab one and drive away. Or there's a helicopter somewhere because we, we've seen you use it like four times. He goes up to this very nice grand piano, which is out in the middle of nowhere, picks up this thing and pushes a button. And it says that there's a gigantic thermonuclear bomb inside the castle. and It's going to destroy all of, you know, Central Europe or whatever. And it has a three like a, a three minute count. I don't know. It's like the longest three seconds in the history of all cinema. Yeah. But he proceeds just to stand there and just keep shooting at Captain America, who's in a doorway. But it, I I don't understand like what's his end game like if he just wants to blow up and kill everybody why does he put it on a countdown like why didn't he just be able to pick it up and push the button and then Captain America does win by a, a pretty lame distraction in which he throws his shield and just launches the Red Skull off of the end of the battle <laughs> and you see like world's crappiest dummy fall off a cliff but what stops the bomb from going off it was just on a timer. And yeah. he activated the timer. He didn't appear to be doing anything to the timer other than looking at it. They activated what we call the uh, the Star Wars logic of electronics, which is if you break something, it, stops uh, it, it just immediately does the opposite of what it was just doing. So if you shoot a door panel, it opens the door. <laughs> Unless the door is open, in which case it closes the door and can't be open anymore. That's yeah. like yeah. the sci-fi logic. is like Because we were talking about this in, uh, offline before where it's just like in Star Wars like at different times they either open or close doors by shooting the panel just whatever the door isn't doing that's what it yeah. will now do the so apparently if electricity you, makes the door do the opposite if you shoot the timer it's like oh well now I can't like set the bomb off so yeah. I'm the worst detonator in the world well, I thought it's all over I kind of thought and this does not this is not a good thing for it to do but I thought maybe what it was doing was it was slowly activating so that then after the timer you could push the button and it would then oh, be able to so like and now, Maybe I don't know. I maybe it's so stupid. It's really dumb. Cause yeah, cause like it makes sense. I get for for the good guys or someone trying to be responsible with a weapon like that to have a timer or a fail safe situation. Uh, but not if you're just like, a maniacal insane person. Just Who fucking apparently left it there just to suicide. Yeah, apparently. Like, why? I guess he wanted to give himself plenty of time to monologue. <laughs> And yeah. like I said, this is where, like, 
they at one point they find the recording of him being kidnapped by the the Germans. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it's the real Chekhov's recording. I'm like, this is going to come back, and this must be how the movie ends. Because I vaguely remember the end of this movie, because I saw it when I was a kid. And I remember they were in some weird castle in Italy, and I was like, maybe that's the ending, is the Red Skull's going to do something, and Captain America plays the tape, and he realizes that, like, the whole time he's always just been, like, a puppet. He's always just done what the Nazis wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. And he stops. But apparently, what happens is they play the tape, and he's like, yeah, life's pretty rough. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh. You're like, well, I mean, I guess it's good that you've dealt with your pain, but I was really hoping you'd have some sort of reaction that would, I don't know, keep you from setting off a nuclear bomb. It's so weird that they play it, and then it does nothing. So I was no. like, why did you even put this in the fucking movie? Maybe, maybe that was, like, the writer's, like, Hail Mary of, like, look at this is our red herring. We're going to show you, make you think this is going to happen, but we're so clever, it won't work. But then... It does. By being it's, so unclever, we've created yes. a new level of just ultimate dumb. You yes. guys also forgot what preceded this, which was what sounds like in my description a cool thing. Uh, the president, freed from his prison oh, in yeah. Captain America, fight young young hot Italians. Uh, mm -hmm. That sounds cool. It does not. It is not cool. Uh, nope. More importantly, uh, like the Red Skull's got one fucking rule. That's don't shoot the president. That's the whole plan, you fucking idiots. And what does everyone do? They're shooting at that they, press. They riddle the president oh. with bullets. They must think Captain America is the president because they very rarely try to shoot him. They oh. really just watch him. And they love to shoot directly in front of people. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. Every time they were running, somebody would just shoot the ground in front of them and be like, there we go. It's like, ah, you guys are terrible oh. at this. <laughs> also, I do love that the president's always in a pair of blue jeans. Yeah, he was pretty cool, Prez. And when the yeah. movie the movie winds down, it, it it cuts just like a like what appears to be a, a just a PNG they got off Google Images <laughs> of Captain America that they just oh, hold on frame for like one minute and then they roll credits. It's which is I, I gotta tell you the mistake of still shotting Captain America for that long only gives you time to be like. Yeah, those are not his ears. They glued plastic ears onto, si onto the side of his head. Like, the whole movie, you're like, I don't think those are his ears. But you're like, I can't, there's not a good enough shot. And then that final shot, you're like, yeah, those are mannequin's ears. Which is true. They glued plastic ears to the side of his, I his helmet. I cannot or believe this was a movie that came out and was done and was worked on. And that's astonishing coming from someone who's watched things like Swamp Thing and, and I was going to say, I mean, we others, watched but... Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These two movies are of the same caliber. But that felt like, like there's, it there's had no, a plot. Roger Corman's just had less money. So yeah. it's like actually shocking that I'm like, no, they're both about the same quality of film, even though yeah. one was filmed for probably like a buck seventy-five, and the other one we had like, you know, maybe a half a million dollar budget. But it is like, they're that bad, and... They had the good sense not to release the Roger Corman one. It was just so they could keep the license. This was an actual attempt to make money. The real which is important so many levels. The real important question here is: Can we get a fashionista fascist spinoff? Oh, I would love it. I like mean, a Saturday morning cartoon of them. Yeah, it's just like every episode is them on a on another mission. Yeah, yeah. And like and like they're all bored and mm -hmm. they don't want to do it. And they're all dressed, like, to the fucking nines. Yep. I was just thinking, I was like, that would make a great t-shirt. Then I was like, wait, nobody's going to want to wear a shirt that, si that, like, says they're a fascist. Yeah, not not today. <laughs> not going to work out. In my out. mind, I was like, no. this would be a clever idea. I was like, oh, no, this would not work. Who would buy a shirt that says fascist on it? Yeah. Folks, just make us an, uh, a, 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 a cucked in America t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 
I guess with how that word's really caught on now, unfortunately, I feel like maybe we could still. I just want him pointing to his head saying, this A stands for adultery, which I am into. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just him grimly looking forward. It just says, I like to watch. <laughs> Take my wife. Uh, Hot wife me. Um, so I, I think that maybe wraps up. I know, I, I feel like... Um, this podcast has really illuminated a, a sad face to the city I live in. Springfield, Ohio has been in two of the movies we've done. That's correct. Wolverine mm. Origins and this. So maybe this town isn't as good as I thought, if that's the only <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's really made me rethink my choice of still living Look, here. They just shot the Die Hard remake with Bruce Willis here, so we're not doing so hot either. They made a Ooh. Die Hard remake? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I meant Death Wish. They made a Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis here in Chicago. Did they get the director of Captain no, America? It, just oh. no. Wait, real quick though. Has this come out? No. The okay. trailer's out, by the way. It looks like a joke. It looks oh, like you're watching no. a parody of a thing. Is Jeff Goldblum in it? <laughs> no. Oh, he was in the first yeah, one. The, wait, he was? Yeah, he was a thug in the first one. He he's he's one of the thugs that. that... Joke to say that he was a thug in this remake. Oh, he, I just want him to have the same role. Him yeah. and another guy like uh, kill it. Wait, what do they do? Killer's wife, right? Yeah, he plays yeah. like rapist Killing number four. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, the movies, the Death Wish movies are like super disturbing. They like kill and rape his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think his daughter, or mm-hmm. maybe that's in the second one because she's something's wrong with her in the second one, and somebody kidnaps her and they rape her and kill her. Or she might commit suicide. But they're like horrible films. And people are like, this is a great movie. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> These are terrifying looks into life. Anyways, though, back to Captain America. <laughs> I was go. hoping we could get out of that. Just talking about Charles Bronson now. <laughs> yeah. I wish Charles Bronson had been Captain America in this movie. <laughs> 90s Charles Bronson. Yes. Uh, so I guess uh, I guess that's it. Unless you, you guys have anything else for this. Michael, uh, you are a what I would call an expert when it comes to uh, B movies and oh, okay. kind of bad low sure. budget films. Sure. Uh, I think we, I think there's a sort of a universal concept that movies can be bad in a certain type of way that they're wildly entertaining from mm-hmm. front to back, and mm-hmm. then there's movies that are just bad and they're just miserable, and and you're like your life is worsened by their experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which category would you put Captain America in? Ugh. Here's here's what I think about this movie. We know it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. I I think if you could make a half hour version of this movie, that would kick ass in yeah. a bad way, like that way. But there's too much fucking just bullshit and filler in it, and it's just garbage. It's an hour and forty minutes long. It should not be anywhere near that. Yeah, it drags pretty hard. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks. It's it's there's some fun stuff, but I bet you those clips are on YouTube. And Pogues, if you could get friends together, would this be a movie that you would put on to be like amusing, like laugh at movie? Uh you know, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I just think there's too much like nothing. There's yeah. like yeah. a lot of scenes where there's no dialogue and the acting is just like bad but it's not like you know like the room bad where it's like right. humorous to watch how bad you're just like oh these people can't act now what if no. i cut made a super cut of the movie that was just the hot young italians oh, i'd I watch would, it every I would day watch that movie and make everyone <laughs> every know day it. every day and watch <laughs> okay, it we figured it out uh post can we start our hot young italians comic book series soon, please? <laughs> i believe we're starting it tomorrow guys. <laughs> bingo 
So I'm guessing we're all saying don't see this movie. Do not see this movie. For free and you may have already watched it to listen to this podcast. Yeah, no. Do not open it on YouTube. If you've already listened to it, I deeply apologize. Yeah, if you did listen to it, let's blame Ben. Yeah, it's my fault. I do. Now I'm then, um, if you have any comments about this movie, if you did watch it and want to yell at us, or if you want to suggest the next movie we watch, leave a message at facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, we'll read them on the mini episodes, or we'll take them to heart when you suggest a movie. Also, I started, which I, I did not tell Ben this until right now while we're recording. Ben, I started us an Instagram. Ooh, uh, you guys just, are on Insta. Which is, let me, I should have actually looked at this before I started talking. It's NAOS Pod. Uh, I'm going to give Ben the password, so we'll try to link it, see if we can link it to our Facebook too, and maybe just take pictures while we're watching the movie or something. So, you know, look for that for additional, I guess, humorous content until we get lazy and stop doing it, and then it never updates again. (laughs) Now, Mike, where can people find you? Because I know you've got a lot going on. I finally do. Remember how I used to come on and never have anything to plug? Yeah, well, no, uh, my favorite was the first time you are on. You plugged six things, oh. all of which were no longer available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had old th- – I was – oh, here's things I used to do. Uh, yeah, here's now, a website which I don't think is up anymore. Yeah. Now I have too much going on. Uh, you can go to thejewelersings.com, and nothing's there. Uh, but I did buy that – I did still actually buy that domain for this this uh, podcast. From, our, from uh, your previous episode. Yeah, yeah. my previous app. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> – but anyway, um, no, Wait, what I. What was the reference to that? It was was that the Fantastic Four movie? Fantastic Four movie. There was the the, the villain in it. We kept, yeah. we created a bunch of musical. Oh, we did a bunch of songs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, okay, but for real uh, plugging stuff, um, I have uh, two other podcasts. One of them is called Ketchup Kitchen Ketchups, um, which uh, Ben is the guest on this week. I think the same day this drops. Probably, uh, Wednesday, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah do Wednesday so. drops. So yeah, this Thursday, this, but. Oh, you do Thursday now? Oh. Well, well then... Thursday, oh. Listen to an episode. I, I've listened to a handful <laughs> of them. Um, no, but yeah, so Ben's on this week's episode, so check that out. Um, I also do a podcast called B-Movie Mania, which I think is maybe why you guys bring me in for these garbage ones. Um, I never get to watch the good movies. But uh, yeah, that's where me and a handful... There, there aren't many. <laughs> oh, God. Um... And yeah, me and some friends uh, go over bad movies, uh, lifelong friends that we've been doing this for years and years and years, and we just started doing a podcast. So you can check out B-Movie Mania, uh, where we just finished our first season of content, but we're doing a bunch of off-season stuff, and it's a bunch of weird Wild West shit. Like, uh, there's some weird stuff going on the off- during the off-season, so I think it's going to be really entertaining and very digestible. So please check it out. I would I would really go listen to it. I'm not anywhere near being done with your first season of content, but uh, the episodes I've have listened to have been very funny. So I recommend it. Mike is an extremely funny guy. That's the reason we have him on, and oh, we yeah. give him the terrible movies is because <laughs> you need somebody funny to deal with these terrible, terrible films we have to watch. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It's fun. I like being on with you guys, and and Schulte can suck it. I think that's a rivalry that's died. I think Schulte's given up on every catchy Call out. Aww. Hot fire. No, it's true. He's listening right now, seething somewhere. Is he? Yeah. Good. You hear that, Schulte? Yeah. You see. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. You I'm going to watch you seethe. You can follow me on Instagram at It's Pogues. And Ben, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at the Disco Pony. Or if you want to look at some of my other uh, former video game uh, writings or my surprisingly popular Twitter account, you can check me out at therealbenchapman.com. All right, we'll see you next week. We'll listen in for the mini episode where we'll tell you what movie's up next. Bruce Springsteen's the boss. Mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, this is, he's the, he's the janitor. <laughs>